Hello and welcome to Living the Queen Life, a podcast by Queen of My Own Universe. I'm your host, Margaret Foley, and I am the Queen of My Own Universe. Living the Queen Life podcast showcases the stories of ordinary women doing extraordinary things and brings to you advice, helpful tools and tips and inspiration about how you too can live a life that you love. I believe that every woman is the queen of her own universe, and I'm on a mission to empower you to believe in and lean into your full potential. Think, feel, and live like a queen. There's no one as special as you. Welcome to another episode of Living the Queen Life. In this episode, my guest is Lisa Jo Jimenez, founder of the Mariposa Group, Creative Life Happy Soul and the She Is Me Conference. Lisa's mission is to help women uncover their gifts, believe in themselves and live the life they were meant to. No excuses and no apologies. Lisa created She Is Me so that no woman would ever feel like she was alone. Lisa is a domestic violence survivor, a veteran tech executive and a light worker. In this episode, we talk about the power of women sharing their stories to help others to feel seen and heard, even when they don't feel called to speak their truth aloud. Your story is yours, no comparison needed. How to start feeling your emotions again instead of the numbness that creeps up over the years as a way of coping with our pain. We talk about how to stop trying to fit in and belong and find acceptance instead and how this comes from within you, not from outside. And how this takes knowing yourself and what you need and what lights you up so that you can stop being a people pleaser or changing yourself to fit into a box. This episode will lift you up and light you up and spark you to imagine how living a life as yourself, whatever your story, is a precious and empowering experience that you deserve. So Lisa, welcome to the Living the Queen Life podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We are so excited to have you here. Now, I met you, this is the first time we're meeting, obviously, to to do this recording, but I, I came to know of you through seeing uh, advertisements and calling for speakers for the She Is Me conference, um, which is, correct. I realized this morning, it's like, it's, gosh, it's soon, right? Like. It's only a couple of weeks <laughs> it's away. It's two weeks, a little less than two weeks. Yeah, I know. And I suddenly went, "Wow, better get my better get my uh, my presentation together so that I can do this justice." <laughs> but I promise it'll be amazing on the day. I promise. I promise. So, tell me, tell us a little about about the tell us the Lisa story. Who are you? What makes you tick? And you know, then maybe. What leads you to now doing, you know, what you do now and, and the She Is Me conferences as a part of that? Sure. Um, so I was actually, I, I've been doing a lot of work with women for a lot of years and um, in the past seven or eight years, coaching, doing retreats, you know, all, all kinds of amazing, fun work. Um, and I wanted, I wanted a a place where I started doing some shadow work and I started doing things where I was doing some healing and I really wanted a place that I could go that was safe, that I could talk to other women, that I could um, unburden myself and I could release the secrets that I was carrying around Mm. because as women we carry around a lot of secrets and I think it it's heavy and it affects us, even if it's not consciously, it affects us so much that shame and judgment that we carry around that, mm. that have to do with those secrets, right? So I was looking and looking and looking and I just could not find a place. And so I decided to create one. Mm-hmm. And um, She Is Me started last year, um, well, about a year about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, with this idea. And um, I started reaching out to other women that I knew saying, hey, do you want to tell your story? And, um, you know, women who had mm-hmm. products or services that they offered, they helped other women, but they all had amazing stories. And that's something that I think I've um, 
been very fortunate in over the years was to be able to have those conversations with women and and be there for them and hear those stories. So I decided to make a space for us that we could feel safe, that we could not be judged or shamed, that we could tell our stories, and that we could relieve some of that pressure that we have. Um, I often teach my students about carrying around rocks in a backpack, you know, and that those are your secrets. Those are all of those um, things. And when you put down the backpack, like you could just sprint up the mountain now, yes. you know, you can, you, you've released them and, and there's no reason why we should carry around those secrets. There's no mm -hmm. reason why we shouldn't be able to say this happened to me and it doesn't make me any less of a person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't make me unworthy because yes. this happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we feel like that when we, when we have to, talk or we don't have to but you know when we, when it comes up or we see, we're triggered often right there's mm -hmm. stuff stuff on tv there's stuff on the news and and when you see that and you see something that's happened to you you think wow she's me mm -hmm. that woman is me yeah. um i went through that and she's so brave for standing up to her attacker she's so brave mm -hmm. for telling her secret and you know um so I wanted it to be a space where we could not only share those things with others, but we could share our success as well. Like this is how we found the strength mm -hmm. to get past it. This is how we found, you know, whether it was a teacher or we'd had enough or, you know, whatever it is, that aha moment that we've had, what was that moment? How did we get past it? How are we surviving and thriving now mm. and then how are we helping other women do the same thing yeah. and so it's about telling our stories but it's also about lifting each other up and that's really important I think that's really important yes. for women all over the world yes yes I love it it's 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 so important you know and I never I never used to really understand why that was important um, because if anything, I carried my story with shame and I had yes. spent so much of my life cultivating this alternative story, one that was socially appropriate and, you know, palatable because sometimes when we tell our stories, we make people uncomfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we were raised to not do that, um, mm -hmm. and raised to be the good girl yes. and walk on eggshells and please everybody mm -hmm. and um, smile mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever else we're told growing up, um, we continue that behavior because we want to be loved and accepted. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of women, you know, you, you talked before about, you know, they you want to create a space where people don't feel shamed. Oftentimes I wonder, can we shame ourselves more than anybody else ever can? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one thing that we, one of the blocks in actually sharing is that we feel so ashamed and we've sat in that shame for so long mm -hmm. that we, you know, just, just having somebody else hear it is, unheard of like we can't even imagine that uh, because of the shame around that but mm. but that was the point of she is me I you know I wanted to let women know that whatever's happened to you doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter there's someone out there that it's happened to as well mm. there's someone else and it and it doesn't even have to be something traumatic it could be you know you were raised in a very religious household mm. and you were told certain things and and nothing nothing terrible happened but then when you got out of that you realized hey that's not the way the world yes. works you know what mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. so there are a lot lot of women with that sort of um upbringing or or mm -hmm. tr trauma for lack of a better word but experiences you mm -hmm. know um but there are and then you go all the way to the other spectrum side of the spectrum where that there's just terrible things but mm -hmm. I guarantee you there are women who come in and are thinking um, that happened to me and mm -hmm. 
just hearing you talk about it, just hearing your story and hearing you say that now you're able to tell it without crying or you're able to mm-hmm. talk about it and you're able to talk about how you got past it. And, and that that's like literally a glimmer of hope for them. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that I can get past this too and I can have a productive and happy life. I can be happy. I It's okay for me to yes. be happy. It's okay for me to have a safe, loving relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I was married for 17 years to an abusive, violent drug and alcohol addict. And um, it took me a long time to even tell the stories. Um, and now I can tell the story and it's it's kind of like, oh, sometimes I even forget, you know, that it even happened to me now because it's been so long ago in my past. Um, but I can tell the story and I do recognize the signs and I do hear it in other or see it mm-hmm. even in other people and their behavior and everything. Oh, they've got a controlling, manipulative person in their life, you know. Um, and so freedom, freedom was the idea of the the end result of this conference and of of women coming together and sharing their stories so that we're free of the shame. We're free of the judgment. We're free of those behavioral, archaic behavioral um, bindings that are put on us so that we can say, hey, we are worthy and we deserve to be treated as equals. And there's no reason why we we shouldn't be, right? There's no reason why I can't be free and make my own decisions and live a happy, safe life, Mm. doing what I want to do. Yes. Like there's no reason. And, you know, other than there, you know, there's this, this patriarchal society globally of um, control, right? And, and I have to be very clear. It's not, this is not, man-hating in any way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form. Mm -hmm. This is that structural, archaic way to control people and make them feel less than and not not allowing us to have our own thoughts, our own feelings, our, our own actions, take our own life into our own hands and, and do whatever we want. Um, and not feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that and we do have women from all around the world. And I want to make sure that no matter where you are, that there's a if there's a message here for you, that you find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. It's yes. important. That's why we have women from all over the globe that have been in not just the United States and our ways, but in other countries and how other, you know, societies function mm-hmm. and how women have escaped or overcome or you know are now thriving in those environments yes yes and I think it was interesting to me as I started to you know read the bios of some of the other speakers in this conference and and I'm even you know interviewing some of them for this podcast as well because they're just phenomenally interesting fascinating kick-ass women and I've had these moments of going oh I don't know that my story is that interesting. Maybe I should. Oh, everybody do this. says that <laughs> <laughs> because by comparison, so we get into this, this, and this, this comparison mode because we get mm-hmm. raised like this, right? We get raised to be why can't you be like this or this competition of you know this person is more this or more that. So if you're not like that, you're lesser and therefore not deserving and not worthy. And right. I found, you know, I love it. Even when we think that we've done our mirror work and our shadow work and our inner child work and we've done all the damn work, we have these <laughs> moments that still are a little bit triggering for us. And mine was triggering in, yeah. in hearing these other women and kind of going, well, I haven't been through that or that or that or that. I sort of, oh, geez, Margaret, is your story actually that interesting? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I dare say that there's other women out there who, Maybe have one of one or two schools of thoughts. One is my story is not that interesting. Like nobody really wants to hear my story, um, right. and I, you know, or or they're 
there saying, I can't tell my story because I'm ashamed of my story and I'm not yet feeling strong enough to share it. Correct. But then there's another school of thought that, you know, every now and then I come across somebody who will say to me, but why? You know, if you're so over and recovered and, you know, you're, you're now past it, why do you feel the need to keep telling it? Like just move on, yeah. get over it. So right. what do you say to those people that are just like, you know what, just deal with your shit, get on with it, stop telling your story, it's attention-seeking or it's, you know, not actually helpful? Well, I I don't tell people anything like that. You know, I don't <laughs> I, I don't um, get into that. But but if I mean, there are plenty of people who do that. And and when I come across people like that, women like that, um, a lot of times I can I can tell that they have stuff they're not dealing with. Right. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to feel it. They don't. I mean, if, if I come across a woman like that, I'll be like, when's the last time you cried? And they're going to be like, oh, gosh, I don't know, it was 20 years ago, right? Because, again, I'm stuffing it down and I'm not dealing with it and just get over it, get past it or whatever. And that was how I was raised in an alcoholic, um, you know, environment where no matter what happened, no matter what amount of craziness happened, it was like the next day was another day and we just forgot about it and we moved mm-hmm. on and we didn't talk about it and we didn't yeah. feel it and we didn't, you know, and then you get to, you get conditioned to um, um, sort of always be on alert, right? Mm-hmm. You're always on mm-hmm. alert and you're always thinking, what's, oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is this, I'm prepared for it, but that cortisol is squirting through your veins and, mm-hmm. you know, and the next thing you know, you've got, you've got um, thyroid problems, you've got this, you've got that and mm-hmm. all this stuff, but you're always happy and you're always like, nothing ever bothers me. Hey, you know, and that's just kind of how I see that sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. But you do you, whoever you are, like, you know, it's up to you. But if you want to feel better, you got to feel things, you got to feel those feelings, and you got to get through them, not push them down, because they're mm-hmm. always going to come up. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. It's not easy. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard yeah. work to face those things, and to feel them, and to um, say, you're not going to hurt me anymore. Right? Those memories, you're not going to hurt me anymore. I don't need to think about you. I don't, you know, I've felt you, I've realized it's not my fault. I've gone through this stuff and it's not, it's not going to hurt me anymore. So now I can tell my story and not be affected by it and not, um, not feel those heavy duty emotions that I felt before. Now I, do I get triggered? Sometimes I do when someone tries to like, tell me I can't act a certain way or I, like tells me, shh, you know, be quiet. Oh my gosh, that sends me Whoa, over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> like just, you know, like, no, I'm just mm-hmm. talking or I'm just, just being me. I'm just expressing mm-hmm. myself. Um, or if I see violence against women on TV, mm-hmm. that's something that triggers me too. Yeah. I, I'm like a little kid and I, you know, cover my eyes and, and um, just because I've been there and it's yeah. ugly and it's terrible. And that, that brings stuff back up. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, you know, it's important that we feel things. It's important that we don't keep things inside. I think uh, it's my belief that, you know, every cell in our body vibrates independently of itself, but then together as well. Mm-hmm. And that when we raise our vibration and we find joy and we find happiness that it's sort of, they sort of spread the word and they run around like joy's here, you know, and everyone, all the cells start vibrating. (laughs) But if we're hiding something, you know, um, inside that, that little pocket is not, doesn't care if joy's around, doesn't care if we're happy. It's, it's a low vibrations, negative vibration. And, and it is, poison it's poison to our bodies and so for many of us um we develop neurological symptoms we develop you know there's a lot of people with um and you'll notice a lot of people with ms or fibromyalgia or or a lot of other neurological um 
issues, cancer even, you know, where the cells are just, they're not happy. And um, I truly believe that whatever it is that we're holding on to will then manifest in the physical. So if Mm -hmm. it's negativity and it's, it's that ugly darkness, then it's going to manifest somehow in the physical. So how do we then sort of solve this problem? Well, the first step is to release that stuff, get it out. And if you tell your story, you're expelling it, you're getting it out. And you don't have to walk around and tell everybody, but you can do things, you can do the work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We also have a section on the site called Storytellers. And if you aren't up to being a speaker and telling your story to the masses, you can write it, you can record an audio, um, you can record you don't have to even say your name, but the process of releasing it is so beneficial and so amazing um, for you and Mm -hmm. and your body and your mind and your spirit. So um, we give people the opportunity to do that as well. We have people that have written poems. We have, we have people who've just recorded a video and told their story and they don't have really anything to offer anyone else other than they just wanted to tell their story. They wanted They're to get it out. They're just offering themselves and that's always enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always enough, right? So, um, yeah. So it's, it's a place that we wanted to build so that women could release this, so we could heal each other, yes. heal ourselves and each other. Oh, I love it. I'm just, I'm being filled with like, my cells are vibrating at a really, really high rate yeah. listening to you speaking <laughs> about this. And, and I had that moment, you know, when you went that, you know, some cells are going to go, oh, look, here comes joy. And I'm just visualizing yeah. these parts of my body almost being like little children going, oh my God, oh my God, there's joy. Joy's coming over to play. There's joy, joy. joy. Touch excited. me, shake my hand. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's when you, it's when you go from being, so numb you know not it feels like not that long ago that I was numb I literally felt nothing I didn't and I was so out of energy I couldn't even feel angry anymore Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel sad like I'd run out of tears I'm like seriously there are no more left to cry the tear well is like in drought um happiness like like overrated joy like don't even know what that is and mm-hmm. if anything, the only emotions I had left were shame and guilt, which if and you anger know, for, probably. Ah, uh, you know what? I refused to believe I was angry. I used to actually um, say, and I would sit in therapy sessions, and the, you know, the therapist would just be looking at me. And in hindsight, I now know that they were sitting there going, "I'm going to make a fortune out of this woman because she's so messed up." <laughs> <laughs> but I used to sit there going. I am, I don't I don't do anger. Anger is the most wasted emotion. I don't do anger. We just deal with stuff and blah blah blah. And it was probably about um, no, eighteen yeah about eighteen months ago, almost two yeah almost two years ago um, that I started to see a, a new a new um, therapist who had a really different approach mm-hmm. to helping me yeah. really be able to access that stuff that I had just pushed so far down. And I was in denial about it, but it was still there. And right. I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm not angry, blah, blah, blah. And then and then as we start to do this, this, you know, really different, it was a therapy called brain spotting and really kind yeah. of going, you know, and connecting to where you're feeling in your body, how you're responding. And it cleared so much stuff for me in a really fast period of time. But I remember sitting there with this, with this therapist and just coming and going, fuck, I'm a really angry person. I'm angry yeah. at this person. I'm angry about that. I am pissed about this. And yet I'd spent my entire life because anger was, I'd been exposed to a lot of anger and a lot of anger was directed towards me growing up. So anger was scary and you did scary things when you were angry. So yes. I didn't want to be an angry person because I didn't want to be like that person that I'd seen being angry. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I spent years going, oh, I'm, so, I'm not angry, angry, it's a wasted emotion, blah, 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 going, I am eating myself up inside with anger and denying that I am angry. Yes. So, yeah, so on yes. top of the guilt and the shame that I was just, 
I was full of that. Um, I was actually full of anger that I didn't even realize I was full of. And the, they are just like energy vampires, those emotions. They literally yes. suck the life out of you. They do. Yeah. And then, like you said, you don't realize it, but then you become numb because mm-hmm. you're just trying to constantly push those things down mm-hmm. and you don't want to feel anything because, mm-hmm. you know, and it keeps popping up and then you don't want to feel anything. But once you start to get angry, you're, you're actually starting to feel something and anger mm-hmm. feels better than powerlessness, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you, when you have all those emotions and you don't know how to deal with them, you feel powerless. And mm-hmm. that is the worst that you can feel ever. Yeah. And so no one wants to feel that. So every time I'm, I'm around people getting angry, I look at the situation and I think how powerless they must feel mm-hmm. in an argument, even online and in these debates and these Mm -hmm. arguments and like or we were at a concert and these two guys started fighting and I was like why are they feeling you know anger feels better than powerlessness but Mm -hmm. you know it's there's a lot else a a lot more that Mm -hmm. goes along with that but that anger comes up when you start to work back up that scale and you start to feel something Mm -hmm. right so you can be angry just don't sit in it Right. Yes. Just figure yeah. out how to get past that and move up a little bit. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, anger, I think when you start to get angry, it's a good thing. And then mm-hmm. you get to blame, mm-hmm. you know, blame feels better than being angry. Right. If I'm just mm-hmm. angry, I'm still feeling a little powerless because I can't do anything about it. But if I start blaming people, woo, that feels better. You know, let's blame them. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to call mm-hmm. them up and blame them. You could just blame them in, you know, in your head or on a piece of paper or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, you know, you go to like, well, okay, what was my part in it? And that's, that's really hard, right? To mm-hmm. say what was my part in something. Um, and I'm not, I believe me, I am not insinuating in any way, shape or form that if you were assaulted or attacked or abused in any way that mm-hmm. any yeah. part of it was your fault. That no, is not, no, no, no. not at all. I'm just saying in these emotions, like if you did get angry and you did do something like what's your part in that, you know, not mm-hmm. in the trauma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a whole series of steps to go through and work through these emotions and, and it, it is work. It mm-hmm. is work. You do need to do the work to yes. get past it. It wasn't easy. Um, but I wanted to go back to what, something that you said earlier about reading, uh, doing that comparison and reading everybody's um, bios and thinking, wow, is my story even, you know, good enough? I'm going to tell you that every single speaker that I've spoken to in the last two years and, and in many events, we've had probably this is our sixth or seventh event. Every single speaker says that. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I read I read those. And it's just us as women, right? We do that. We, we automatically go to are they better? Am I worse? What's the comparison? And there is none. There is no comparison. We're all unique. We're all beautiful. We're all perfect. And our story is ours. It has nothing to do with, with anybody else. It's ours. And, you know, she is me is not at all, all doom and gloom, right? There are, everybody has a story, but the best part is you get to hear everybody's triumph and everybody's success and how they can help you and we have so much fun in fact my my talk this year is um when's the last time you had fun Mm -hmm. you know because that's something as women we don't allow ourselves to do is Mm -hmm. have fun Uh, so when's the last time you had fun um and not thought oh i can't i only have 15 minutes i gotta get home and make dinner Mm -hmm. or um I can't be too loud. You know, somebody yeah. might hear me and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. When's the last time you just let yourself go and you had fun? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about that and what oh, that looks it. like for, for people, for women. And that's really what my work has evolved into mm-hmm. is teaching women how to have fun and mm-hmm. feel free, you know? Yes. Um, yes. And boy, do we have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever peed your pants laughing, but we have fun. It's the best thing. It's the one time in life. You know what? These days I pee my pants when I sneeze, when I cough, uh-huh. when I laugh. 
And I will love Thank you, menopause. I know. Thank you, menopause. You're frigging awesome. (laughs) You know, it's just. But I love that, you know, because I remember at one point in time, and, and just, and saying that with sadness, I can't even remember the last time I had fun. Like, I missed fun. I grieved fun. Yes. Yeah, we often do. Yeah. You know, and I talk to so many women, you know, about this and they're kind of like, I don't even know what I would do for fun. I don't know what fun feels like for me anymore. Like even if they had an hour or half, God forbid, half a day, what would I even do with that? I don't know what lights me up and sets my soul on fire anymore. And and fun is one of the core needs of our inner child, which is why when we don't have it, we miss it so much. We do. But- and we don't know what we miss. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing because we've not allowed ourselves to have fun for so long and really mm-hmm. just be ourselves and let ourselves mm-hmm. go. And mm-hmm. um, because we have sort of forgotten that, we've we've piled on all of these responsibilities and expectations mm-hmm. and, you know, all of this stuff that um, fun's down there going, I can't breathe, help me. Yeah. And <laughs> And we can't hear it because we've got all this other stuff. And I guarantee you, um, because I've been there, I guarantee you that there are women out there that you said, you know, you've got four hours and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. First of all, they would say, I don't know what I want Mm -hmm. to do. Second, or maybe the first thought would be like, well, I need to go grocery shopping and I need to fold the laundry. And, I, you know, like there are responsibilities yeah. that they would think like, if Who's I had four hours, I could get fun. Yeah. Right. I could get that done. Right. Mm-hmm. I could get whatever it is that I need to get done, done because I have that laundry has been sitting on the couch there for two <laughs> days and I haven't had time to do it. So I've got four hours. I got to do the laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I find so many women that I work with, and that's one of the questions I ask them when I first meet them, um, is what lights you up? What do you love to do? And I'd say nine out of 10 women have no idea. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I was in that spot too. Mm-hmm. I was in that spot. Yes. I'd say yes. probably 15 years ago after my divorce and I didn't know what the heck mm-hmm. I liked to do. I, and I found myself now all of a sudden I wasn't catering to this person and doing, you know, making sure he didn't get mad or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just spending my, all of my hours um, doing that. Um, my kids were growing up. They had school, they had homework, they had soccer, they had this. I had some free time and I called my parents and I said, what did I love to do when I was a kid? Like, what is it that made me light up that I would, if I had any free time at all, that's what I went and did because that's what I love doing. And they said, um, art, music, you know, creating something. That was my, that was my thing. And I, I said, you're absolutely right. So I went out and bought a canvas and I bought some paintbrushes and I hadn't painted in 15 Mm -hmm. years because I had been, I had responsibilities, uh, you know, and now I paint and now I sell my art as part of my living. Oh, wow. Um, Brilliant. And yeah. yeah, And, um, and I sing um, in choirs and I do backup work for artists and you know other stuff and so I love doing that you know I just love like those are the things that that just baking creating it doesn't matter gardening anything um that is right brain and that is what we do in when you work with me that's what we do is we we learn how to release and how to find ourselves again and have fun again in creating things so it's great but this conference was my creation as well because I was trying to find a place that I could actually speak you know where can I go and tell talk to people about this where where can I share my message and um I couldn't find any place I couldn't find any place that was not Ted you know and I was like okay Ted is I, I you know it's it's great. It's it's been an amazing opportunity for so many. Um, and yes, would I love to do that? Yes, but I didn't feel like my message, my work, was Ted. You know what I mean? It's not that I didn't feel worthy. I just didn't feel like it was 
appropriate when I look at the audience sitting at TED, I was like, this message is for women. This message is about women. This is our, what we go through, what we're feeling, how we're handling it, how we can transform. And I didn't think that it was something that fit in there. And it mm-hmm. might, TED women, it might, you know, I don't know. But, um, but at the time I was <clears throat> just not having any luck. And so I said, you know, I spent 30 years in corporate marketing, you know, and management and do, I've done thousands of events, Mm -hmm. thousands, whether they be webinars, I started doing webinars in the year 2000, um, or live conferences and trade shows. And I was like, you know what? I woke up one morning and I said, I could create my own. I can Mm -hmm. create my own conference. And since we're in lockdown, why not make it virtual? Now, would I love to have an in-person conference at some point? Absolutely. Wow. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But let's just see how it goes. (laughs) Uh, Look, there's something about the power of women getting together, you know, and it's, it's might Mm -hmm. be as simple as just the energy that happens when women come together in a room that I never, I never used to understand it um, because my, my experiences of getting together with people in a room were business conferences mostly, you know, mm-hmm. where everybody shows up in all of their fabulous masculine energy because we're all here oh, to yeah. sell and win and get one up over the competition or, you know, there's, it's always transactional when you're at, at business yes. events and and I, I certainly never walked I don't think I've ever walked away from a networking function full of energy if anything I've just you know I'm at the opposite end of the scale and yeah. felt even more stressed by the time I've left than what I did when I walked in and, and one thing people don't don't realize about me is that I'm actually quite introverted love just sitting in my own company and being on my own and reading mm-hmm. and studying and writing and creating on my own. And, you know, but I spent 30 years in, in the corporate world in, in sales predominantly and, and, and customer facing. So you had to learn to be extroverted, you had, you know, and I would wake up going, all right, I've got this event or I've got this conference or I'm going to go and speak at this conference or I'm going to do whatever. And the thought of being in a room full of people that I didn't know and even some that I did know just was like, oh, my God, it was just sheer hell. So when I started to get this, this, you know, I feel called to be with people, but I just want to be with them. I don't want to have to speak if I don't want to. I don't want to have to be anything. I want to turn up as me. And if that means zero makeup you know um and just being myself and that's okay I can just be present and they won't ask anything more of me than the fact that I'm here in the room and I'm present as as myself and I remember turning up to things and just going okay well I'm here and I can I can do this I can put myself out of my comfort zone because you're not going to ask me to be anything you're just going to accept that I'm here And for the first time in my life, I actually started to feel acceptance. Mm -hmm. That I didn't have to be on, I didn't have to be anything. I could just be there and and, and be accepted. And I could walk away feeling a million times better and having my my energy uplifted just by being in a room full of women. I thought, this is a pretty freaky thing. How cool is this? And then, and I see it now, you know, in, in running women's circles, um, you know, so I've got two, two women's circles a week and, and I'm really mindful that once upon a time, and this is the, she is me once upon a time, she was me. She was me who was sort of like, I just want to be in the presence of other women. And I just want to turn up to a space where I am safe. And if all I can do today is just be here, please, please let me just be here. Right. Because today is not my turn to speak. Today I don't feel strong enough to share. But today I just want to come and can I borrow some of your energy, please? Can you love on yes. me a little, please? Yes. And just tell and me that's that you, what we do here, here is yeah, yeah, is we we just allow you to be, and we will lift you up if you need it, and we will hold you if you need it, and we will listen if you need it, um, and that's 
that's really what it's all about as mm-hmm. a space, a safe space for us to come yeah. to, to gather and to share with each other. Um, and, you know, imagine it being a global women's circle, right? Mm-hmm. There's people from all over the globe yes. and there's, and oh, everyone's together. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one thing that I need to say is that in all the work that I've done, in all of the retreats, conferences, uh, classes I've done, uh, meetings I've been to or with people that do the same kind of work and everything, the, the message that is the same that I hear from every single person is that they never felt like they fit in. Yes. And I'm going to tell you that no one on this planet ever feels like they fit in. That's just part of the human beingness, right? We never feel like we fit in. And then we'll find our people and then we'll start to feel like we fit in, right? Which is great. Mm -hmm. But often we do things like drugs and alcohol or sex or gambling or I don't know, whatever it is, to feel that fitting inness, if yeah. that's a word. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, right? It's just a matter of figuring out who you are so that you know who your people are. Yes. And, you know, often when you grow up in a in a household where you're you're not seen, you're not mm-hmm. believed, you're not heard, you're not yeah. um, comforted, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. You don't know who you are because you're so busy trying to be who everybody else wants you to be. Yes. yes. And often you leave that environment and you go into a marriage or a mm-hmm. relationship or something that's similar. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they act that way too. That's familiar. I'm going to go and do that now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think you know how to handle everything, right? And so you get into that. And little by little, you know, you start to show through, you you start to crack a little bit. And then you start to show through and you start to get some glimmer of Mm -hmm. that's not who I am. But you still don't know who you are. And so we often gravitate towards... um, groups and things that are accepting of us as long as we are what they need us to be. Mm-hmm. And so wouldn't it be beautiful if we all just know that we don't fit in, but we all fit in together mm-hmm. because we don't fit in, right? That's yeah. the common denominator is nobody yeah. feels like they fit in. We're all in the same boat. Let's all just be and, um, and accept each other for that. Yes, yes. And once you find yourself, then you find your tribe, right? Then you mm-hmm. find your group. And mm-hmm. um, and there's it's never going to be perfect. And so I think another thing is, you know, we need to, to drop those expectations. And those expectations come from that mindset of you're not enough you're not worthy enough right so you're always trying and you're always seeking that perfection Mm -hmm. and so even when you know but just for instance you join a a knitting group and you're like I found my people and everyone's laughing and talking about their loops and their you know whatever I don't know anything about knitting (laughs) but um you're in this group and um you know and here comes the lady with the fancy knitting needles and she's talking about how much your knitting needles cost and you're like well I thought this group was where and here she is you know um it, there's always going to be something like that because we all aren't at the same level mm-hmm. of healing. We all aren't there. And obviously she needs to feel a little bit of love. She's not feeling a lot of love right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's got to talk about her expensive knitting needles, right? When nobody really cares about those needles, we care that she's here. We care yeah. that yes. she's part of our yes. group. And so that's that, you know, that comparison or that unworthiness and that grasping and reaching for attention that we all do we all have done um because of that feeling of unworthiness that we have and um so if we can drop those expectations i think that we have of other people to act like we would act to act like they're at the same level as we are it's 
so critical that we start to be more accepting of mm-hmm. people and yes. their behavior, right? Yes. And I'm not I'm not talking about bad behavior and people with no. guns and that kind of thing. That's no. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people needing attention or people, you know, complaining or things like that, that, that those things are happening because they don't know how to communicate what they need. Yeah. Um, yes. And so it's, it's helpful when we all come together and we all can talk about those things and we all can listen to each other and we all get some insight and we mm-hmm. all realize that we're all in this together. Yes. And then you forget that you don't feel like you belong mm-hmm. because yep. all of a sudden you're belonging. Exactly. I guess I have a, I have a take on, cause I've done a lot of really, really deep reflection because I've said that for my entire life, I've not felt like I fitted in. Yeah. And, you know, and that I didn't belong anywhere. And yeah. lots of hours of therapy about this topic and kind of go, where, where does this come from? And because, you know, one of, our, one of our human needs is to feel like we belong and we're safe and we're accepted. And, and I used to think that those words were interchangeable and I've actually come to realise that they mean something different. You know, mm-hmm. and for me it was like, you know, I was given up for adoption when I was born. You know, and literally my entire life I haven't, you know, and then I was, I was adopted into a family, but then I just didn't feel like I belonged. They were not my people, you know, um, great education, you know, good things in my childhood for the most part, but they were not Did you people. know that you were adopted from a young age? Right from, yeah, right from the get-go, ah. you know. Mm-hmm. And even though that in itself, you know, I, I've met people who didn't know they were adopted until they were adults and it, it shattered their their belief about who they were. The other mm-hmm. thing that it actually did for me is it reinforced for me the fact that you were given away. Somebody yeah. didn't, for whatever reason, and it was always put as, you know, a good reason and that my, you know, my birth mother had done a wonderful thing in relinquishing me for adoption. As a child, what you don't realise, what you're, what you're hearing is something must have been wrong with me. I was given away. And now I'm with these yeah. people and, like, they've, they've, they've got me but this was not where I was supposed to be. Meant to be, yeah. Meant to be. And so I've had this whole entire lifelong thing and, you know, I would join different sporting organisations or clubs or whatever and and it was always short-lived, you know, for me. And short-lived might be a year or three years or four years and just kind of going, mm, yeah, just not feeling. And I thought that, you know, <laughs> I was self-conscious and there must have been something wrong with me because it didn't matter where I went. I didn't feel like I fitted in. And I did find myself, you know, being the lady with the expensive knitting needles, and do, which I, I totally get now why I was all of, all of those things. But mm-hmm. when I started to really explore, and, and so then I went, you know what, a little bit like you, I couldn't find a place, so I'll start my own damn place. So, yeah. you know, the queen of my own universe <laughs> community, it's my place and I'm, I'm loving, the, you know, the women and the energy of the women that are being drawn to it because they're also going, I'm looking for my tribe. Let me come to a Queen of Mine Universe Women's Circles. You know, we've got a big day event coming up on the 22nd of October to come and be queen for a day. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's women coming to that who are also probably doing the same thing I'm looking for my tribe. But what I came to, I guess my perspective on it at the moment is I'm, I'm not a jigsaw piece, right? So I don't have to fit in because fitting in means... Right conforming into a certain version of something that means that you 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 can squeeze yourself into, into that space which is kind of my my take right. on it and belonging to me has some implications of of ownership and again mm-hmm. uh, no one's owning me except me thanks very right. much you know um <laughs> but i can i can bring all of my pieces together so if I think about myself and all of the elements that make me, me, then, yeah, then I fit together as my own little jigsaw puzzle or a little Tetris sometimes it feels like of just moving moving bits around. <laughs> and I can belong to myself because I can take ownership of myself. So, therefore, when I go externally, I'm not looking for belonging and I'm not looking to fit in. I'm just looking to be accepted for me. So that was my reframe is 
you know, to your point of like we never fit in. I won't ever fit in and I'm not even going to try to fit in and I'm not going to try to belong. I'm just going to look for a place where I, I receive the acceptance that I'm looking for, where I can show up completely Correct. as myself. And these people go, we don't care what Margaretness you bring to the world today. Right. We love we you. We don't care what you, you look exactly like, what you're, you're wearing. Yeah. 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 None yeah. of that. Yeah. And that's, that's when I realized, and this was the turning point for me. I'm going to get emotional as I say this. When I realized it, it was that moment that I realized that I can fit in all the time. I belong yes. all the time. Absolutely. So my wor- my sense of worthiness, which was attached to do I fit in and do I belong? My God, my worthiness like is off the charts at the moment because like, I 100% belong to myself. Like mm. you can't kick yourself out of yourself once you know yourself. Yes. You can't get kicked out of your own club. <laughs> nope. You know, change And I, the I talk of about, I talk a lot. Yeah, I talk a lot about fitting into your own skin, right? It's like Ooh. once you, once you fill out and you fit into your own skin, you can never go back. Like there's no, no turning back. Like nope. this is now who I am. Mm-hmm. I am completely comfortable with who I am. Yeah. And um, I met a, a friend the other day and I hadn't seen her, seen her in a while. And she made a comment to me about, um, well, she made a comment, it was very passive aggressive, about how we're all getting thicker, right? We're all getting thicker. And I hadn't seen her in a couple of years and we're all getting right. thicker Curious as we get where older. This is going, right? Yeah. No, no, no. And at first, my first thought, but because I've done so much work on not jumping to, you know, anger Mm -hmm. or whatever right away Mm -hmm. my first thought was like huh in the past I would have said what do you mean by that or Mm -hmm. what are you saying or you know something to that effect but I I I thought that exact thing to myself like oh isn't that funny in the past I would have gone right to what are you talking about explain yourself Mm -hmm. and now (laughs) I'm just kind of laughing like oh, she thinks I'm fat or, you know, whatever. And I just (laughs) laughed about it and like, good for her, you know. Um, But I wasn't offended and I didn't think anything at all about it. I just thought it, what a funny way to say it. Um, And why even say anything? But okay. But I didn't take it as I would have in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was more of, this is who I am now. This is how much space I take now and, or I take up now. And that's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. I love me and my mm-hmm. husband loves me and, you know, my doggies love me mm-hmm. and I'm full of love for everybody else. And my, the scale doesn't matter, right? Yes. The scale doesn't yes. matter. So, yes. but because I'm full in my mm-hmm. skin, I'm full mm-hmm. yes. and I'm no longer searching for that place where I fit in and that who's going to accept me and who's not going to accept me. And, um, it feels fantastic, right? It's, there's none of that, those ups and downs anymore. We're like, Oh, I'm feeling so great today. And then someone makes a comment like that and like, Oh, that spirals Mm -hmm. me down Mm -hmm. into, um, the, the depths of (laughs) hell and I can't crawl Mm -hmm. out for days because, Mm somebody's not accepting me um it's like you do you honey and I'll do me you know yeah Yeah. um and it feels good and and it I never thought you know if you'd asked me 15 years ago if I'd ever feel this way about myself Mm -hmm. I would have said no I would not even have known what you were talking about I would have just been no I don't fit in I've always been the black sheep people have always thought I was a little not weird but you know yeah, she plays sports, but she's not. She doesn't really hang around the sports people. And yeah, mm-hmm. she's, you know, she gets good grades, but she doesn't really hang around with those good grades people. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just, I always loved people who were just super unique and had, um, who were just themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and didn't really care. Yeah. And I want so wanted to be like that. But yes. I couldn't. Yes. Yes. <laughs> As you were saying that, I'm thinking that I'm like, I remember 
you would see these people and you would be drawn to them. And this is this is a thing is you'd be yeah. like, you know what, there's something about them. And I just want to I want to spend time with them. I want to be like them. And but I can't be them, but I want to be them. And then, you yeah. know, that spirals off into some, you know, what well, is something wrong with me or, or, you know, maybe I don't want to be like them and we go back into this self-questioning. Whereas what you now know and you, I reckon you experience this, Lisa, is that there are people who look at you like that, who are like, I just want to spend time with Lisa. I don't even know what it is yeah. about her. There's something <laughs> special about her. She's just, there's just something about her. I want to be in her presence. I want to listen to everything she does. I want to read everything that she publishes because, oh, my God, there's something about this woman. And I think what we've now come to realise is what there is about those people is that they know themselves. And then yep. they just have this magnetic energy which has you going, I just want to be, I want to be with them. And you don't want to be like yes. them. So people might not say, I want to be like Lisa because they want to emulate everything. I want to look like you and walk like you and talk like you and eat what you eat and blah, blah, blah. But they want to be like you in terms of they want that freedom and that self-expression and that self-assuredness and that energy that you mm -hmm. radiate. That's what they want to be, which is yeah. themselves. They want to be that version themselves. of, of yeah. themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's themselves. And, and I'm kind of like, you know, and this is the thing I guess that this is the mission that I think you and I are on is imagine if every woman, let's just start with every woman that you know or every every woman in, in your town or your suburb or your street, if every woman in your street could feel that way about herself. Mm-hmm. That is exactly the mission. Today. Yeah. If every woman could feel their own power mm -hmm. and oh, yes. not have to and not have to pull it in or mm -hmm. you know, um, like a superhero, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, changing into something else, right? Mm -hmm. And and saying like, "Flame on!" Or like, <laughs> we wouldn't have to do those things. We just are those. Ah, we just yes are those things. Mm -hmm. You know, we just are always knowing what we want. Have the power to feel. We feel comfortable about saying no, about expressing our needs, about. Um, you know, I mean, how many times do you say, mm, okay, and you don't really want to do that? Right? Mm -hmm. How many times? Because well, there's so many reasons. Time, all the time. Now, no, if I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Because that's not me yeah. living in alignment with my values and who right. I am. So that's, I guess that's the thing is when you, a, you know, and I guess this is, this is, you know, some of the stuff I teach to, to get, to live in alignment, you've got to know what alignment means. You've got to know what's important to you. So that right. when something comes up and you, even if it's just that gut feel that says, mm, I don't know, you know, that I then have, I feel empowered to say no. And that's okay. You know, so right. now it's a case of, yeah, no. You know, some people might think that that is spoilt or entitled or bratty to just go, if I don't want to do something, I'm not doing it. Right. You know, and once and, I don't, and every I now don't, and then I feel like a child having a little tantrum and stomping my foot and going, No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. And and it's okay to change your mind. So you might yes. have said yes to something previously and now you go, you know what, I don't really like that. Yeah. And I often there's there's a movie that came out years ago, it was with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, and it's called um The Runaway Bride. Yes. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever saw it, but yes. she she goes to the altar several times and then she runs away because she's like not feeling it, right? Mm -hmm. Just she's and they they even portray this in the film. She grew up grows up with this alcoholic dad and and she's so pleasing and she just wants to please everybody and she conforms. So she meets a man and and at one point she's with her current fiance. They're at breakfast and. The waitress comes and says, what do you want? He goes, I'll have, you know, egg white, veggie, egg white, omelet or whatever. 
Then they ask her what she wants, and she goes, oh, I'll have the same. And Richard Gere says, do you always eat what he eats? And she's like, oh, stop bothering me, whatever. So he goes and he talks to all the previous people that she was engaged to. What kind of eggs does she like? And he goes, scrambled, just like me. Then the next guy, over mm -hmm. easy, just like me. Mm -hmm. You know, the next yeah. guy, uh, poached, just like me. Mm -hmm. um, and he comes back and says, you don't even know who you are. You don't even yeah. know what kind of eggs you like. Mm -hmm. Right? So when you've been eating scrambled eggs your whole life and you hate scrambled eggs, it's okay <laughs> to change your mind. It's okay to say, wow, I'm going to make you scrambled because you like them. And I'm not going to have eggs because I don't like them. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Like, it's okay to do that and not be considered a spoiled brat and not be considered entitled. It is your life and you do not have to conform or um, meet everybody's needs all the time you need yeah. to meet your needs first right so mm -hmm. that's what we talk about when we talk about freedom that's mm -hmm. freedom to make a choice freedom yeah. to say no freedom mm -hmm. to feel our own power and do what we want you know yes. um i remember i used to always like stay up and watch tv with my husband and now i'm like if i'm tired i get up i go take a shower i'm like good night, going to bed, mm -hmm. you know, just like, and there was no expectation. It was more of an expectation I put on myself. Like, yes. oh, we have to, this yes. is our time mm -hmm. together. And don't want to be neglecting so, and blah, blah, blah. And, right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but it's okay if you're tired to go to bed. It's okay mm -hmm. if you're hungry to eat something. Mm -hmm. It's okay if, you know, if you don't like scrambled eggs to not have scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. Like, those things we need to give, you know, when, when you fill out your skin and when you feel in your power all the time, like those aren't even, they're not even choices anymore. No. It's just you being you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And that's what we talk about. Our end goal for this is freedom, right? So that every woman can feel that sense of freedom yes. in being of being in her own power making yes. her own choices um, and not having to feel powerless, feel shamed, feel judged by those choices. Yes. That's what we talk about when we talk about freedom. Oh, <sighs> just, I just love that so much. I love it so much. And that, <laughs> that almost seems like the perfect bow that we've just tied on this conversation, Lisa, is, you mm -hmm. know, that's what it's all about. It's about every woman having her freedom and feeling empowered to know that she's entitled to it. Um, yes. That's that's the magic of it. So thank you so much. for. I mean, I could talk to you forever. I love this. I love this. <laughs> I love this. I love the work that you are doing. I, I can see me just not sleeping for five days, listening to everybody at the She Is Me conference. <laughs> um, you have reassured me that what I have to say matters as well yes good. so thank you yes. thank you for that um you're welcome and you know if you're listening to this episode you know i would love to know your takeaways from it you know how can you feel a little more empowered how can you show up more as yourself how can you decide what kind of eggs you like mm -hmm. you know and how can you belong to yourself just a little more today than you did tomorrow because it's not like we have to wake up and be a different version of ourselves because it takes time yes absolutely yeah you know so lisa thank you thank you thank you so much i will post all of the details about she is me um we'll put this episode out before the conference i know tickets are still available um, to Tickets come along. are still available. And you've got yeah. events. It's not just a one-off. There is fabulous events all year round um, in the She Is mm -hmm. Me community. So we will post all of those details into the show notes. And I know I, for one, cannot wait. Um, I can already just, I can just, I just know, I don't have to imagine, I just know that as I'm going to sit here and listen to these other women, and even if their story is, is not the same as me. The one thing that we're all going to have in common is we've taken our story 
we've come out of being the victim into being the victor and now we've empowered ourselves to live lives that are genuine and happy. Um, and that's the common thing amongst yes. everybody. Yeah. So I love it. Thank you so much for your time today and doing this with me. Um, and um, you have a beautiful, beautiful day, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Living the Queen Life podcast. You can join in on the conversation at Queen of My Own Universe on Facebook, Queen of My Own Universe 1 on Instagram, or visit the website at www.queenofmyownuniverse.com. Please join me again soon. And in the meantime, keep on living your best queen life.